Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. (laughs) Those are his words. So he said roughly, like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. (laughs) Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. What do you love about music? To begin with? (laughs) Everything. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Cott. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. This week on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I count down the best albums of 2009 so far. Plus, Greg and I will review the new albums from Moby and Cheap Trick. Support for Sound Opinions is provided by founding sponsor Alltech Lansing and their new Octave Air speaker system, a wireless 80-watt wall of sound for your iPod. Details available at alltechlansing.com. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and time now for the best albums of 2009 so far. Greg, twice a year here on Sound Opinions, we like to take stock of the best music from the months just past. This is our mid-year 2009 best of. We're going to talk about some of the albums we're valuing most so far this year. As always, to start these shows, we flip a coin to see who gets to go first. On one side is uh, my choice, greatest rock critic ever lived, Lester Bangs, and you've got... <laughs> I'm going to go with Robert Crisco this time. Well, that's nice. Give the dean a few. Exactly. Yeah. And the coin flip is in the air, and it's... Me, Robert Criscow. Good job, Bob. The Dean of American Rock Critics comes through again. All right, Jim. In no particular order, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite records of the year. In fact, uh, the uh, complete list is going to be at soundopinions.org. But I'm going to start with a record that I have been playing incessantly since it came out. In fact, I have been obsessed with it 
not only having heard it on disc and uh, on my hard drive, but having seen it performed in its entirety when they did this entire album at the South by Southwest Music Conference back in March. Uh, that is the Decemberists, a Portland rock band that we've had on the show as guests a couple of times. Colin Malloy, uh, one of the, the best uh, singer-songwriters of the last decade. But I think what's really happened with this band that's, that is so exciting, uh, that they have discovered how to rock. It's not just Malloy's show anymore and those uh, $10 words that he loves to use and those Shakespearean plot twists, but the fact that they are a rock band. And uh, that came through mightily on their 2006 album, The Crane Wife, and I think even more so on their latest, The Hazards of Love, a 17-song concept album. In the era of MP3 sound bites, we get 17 songs interlinked into this uh, Mini opera, a tale involving forest queens and shapeshifters and child killers and two ill-fated lovers at the end. More characters than he can possibly accommodate with just his five-piece band. So he's got these guest singers coming in. In fact, one of them, Cheryl Warden, I think uh, steals the show with the the classic performance uh, on this particular song that comes right in the middle of the record. I think. See, I uh, love that you love this record because yeah. this is such a Jim DeRogatis kind of progressive <laughs> rock geek record. It is a progressive rock geek record, but it, it, I emphasize the rock part. This band does know how to rock, and I think they've discovered that in the last couple records. Here's a little bit of the Decemberists for you. The wanting comes in waves from one of my favorite records of the year so far, The Hazards of Love on Sound Opinions.
The Decembers with the Hazards of Love and a song called The Wanting Comes in Waves with guest vocalist Shara Warden. One of my favorite records of the year. Jim, what have you got next? Uh, Greg, Decembrists were on my list as well. I tell you, I've got a list in front of me here of 27 albums. These are the albums that I've given three and a half stars or more in the Sun Times. We grade on a four-star scale. Mm -hmm. I've got only two masterpieces of four stars so far this year. Right. But I was struck. I think I have a longer list of three and a half star records, which are really, really great records, Mm -hmm. just shy of masterpiece, than I've ever had at this point in in a year. I don't know. Maybe 2009 will go down as a great year in musical history. I'm going to try since I have such a bounty of riches here to choose from, to play a few records we haven't talked about on the show or that uh, I don't think you're hip to, so I get to rub your nose in it. Uh, impossible. Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well. I know more than you, so therefore you, it's impossible. You have not written about this man, <laughs> and you should. Screaming Females is a trio from New Jersey. They're about to be much more widely known because they're going out as the opening act for the Dead Weather, Jack Black's new project. And they deserve a slot that high profile because they are just killer. They formed a couple of years ago in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and uh, are part of that indie underground punk scene there. It's probably unfair to focus on the front woman of this band, Marissa Paternoster, because it is it is a band. It's, it's about all three of those musicians. But, you know, you call your band Screaming Females and you have a powerhouse front woman guitarist vocalist like marissa up front she is just a sear the top of your head off presence not since tara key and antietam have i seen a young woman just with that kind of like you, you it's like she's going to explode on stage right in front of you and yet there is this wonderful melodic undertone to everything this band is doing on their third album power move i love them to pieces this is not a new sound they're not reinventing the wheel and yet they are doing it really really well both live and on record i'm going to play a song called sour grapes by screaming females from their third album power move on sound opinions
Sour Grapes from the Screaming Females, one of Jim DeRogatis' favorite records of the year so far. Uh, I'd have to concur. That's a, that's a great record as well. Next up for me is a band, Mastodon, that we have talked a lot about on this show, and I think they've outdone themselves with their latest album, Crack the Sky. Their previous albums were all concept works. The one thing that I found lacking in them, perhaps, was a little bit of emotional investment. I think they've corrected that problem with this record as their most personal record so far. The album title references the sister of drummer Brand Daler. She committed suicide when they were both uh, in their teens, and this colors the narrative. It's a song cycle about death and about transcending death and how the dead may inform the living in conducting their lives. So there's that part of this record. The playing, as usual, is stellar. Uh, nobody's complained ever about Atlanta, this Atlanta band not being able to play their instruments. They're really, really good. But again, I think the, the just the content of the narrative is at another level here. And that, for me, makes it one of the albums of the year. Let's play a track from Crack the Sky. It's called Divinations on Sound Opinions. Divinations by Mastodon from the Crack the Sky album on Sound Opinions. Yes, Mr. Cott, they were on my top 27 list so far. 
Uh, we're sharing a couple of picks here. I don't know if you're going to have my next one in common, though. I think it's all too easy, especially in this age of two-second-long internet attention spans. Band comes out. Band isn't even out. Six months before the band's first recording is out, they're the coolest thing in the universe. And then by the time the actual album comes out and they do their first tour, it's like, oh, it's passe. Right. Never mind by the third album. I'm sorry. Art Brute this year, although they did nothing new, nothing radically different on their third album, Art Brute versus Satan, put out a recording every bit as great as their 2005 much-hyped debut, Bang Bang Rock and Roll. It always impresses me when a band can do a lot with very little. And let's face it, Art Brute doesn't have a lot of paint on its palette, okay? Mm-hmm. Lead singer Eddie Argos is what he is. He's this goofy guy who cannot sing, but he invests the music with such personality. We were like, well, another album from Art Brute. But then I started listening to it, and, and I realized that there's five or six songs that keep me coming back and back and back. You know you have a good pick when I, I had a, a devil of a time just narrowing down what I was going to play. I love his homage to The Replacements, mm-hmm. which is simultaneously self-deprecating because he's making fun of himself for being 30-something years old and never having heard The Replacements until he read about them in Pitchfork, right? Uh, I, I love uh, DC Comics and Chocolate Milkshakes, which are about two of his favorite things in life. But how can I come on the show and not play Slapdash for No Cash, where he's making fun of you 2 and working with Brian Eno? <laughs> I, I mean, you just got to, you know, it's just great. It's absolutely great. And simultaneously louding the mountain goats, I might add. So here is Art Brute with Slapdash for No Cash from album number three, the brilliantly titled Art Brute vs. Satan on Sound Opinions. Dash for No Cash by Art Brute on Sound Opinions, one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Coming up on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, we'll continue our mid-year best of countdown, and later on we'll review the new releases from Moby and Cheap Trick. Every time he plays a new chord, I hear his friends hanging around, I hear him play an instrument, he 
just found I hear a low buzzing sound I hear his parents hanging around I hear his parents saying turn it down I hear his parents saying turn it down I hear his parents saying turn it down call your warm jets Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. You're listening to a little bit of Amadou and Miriam, the uh, song Sabali that we have played previously on this show. It was a track produced for the band by Blur's Damon Albarn, who is a huge fan. In fact, this couple has a worldwide following of uh, rock royalty, mainly due to their live shows over the last couple of decades. But lately, their studio albums have been catching up in quality with their live performances, and I think they've outdone themselves on their latest record called Welcome to Mali. Obviously, Mali is where they're from, uh, but it's interesting that they would title this record after their homeland because I think what makes this couple so interesting is how expansive their sound is. You have the wonderful voice of Miriam, but also Amadou's guitar playing, truly an international star on the guitar in the way he incorporates all different sounds from around the globe, as well as, I think, incorporating the sound of the 17-string kora onto his six strings of the electric guitar, the kora, a native instrument in, in Mali. But he's blending that ethnic touch with the sounds of Hendrix and funk and and hip-hop music as well. And I love the global reach of the music. What this band has that I think separates them from many other West African bands that try to cross over, so to speak, is just the abundance of hooks. They write great songs. There's melodies, and those hooks just stick in your in your head for months after you hear their songs. They recently did a tour throughout the United States. Uh, the joy in the music was palpable, and that reaching out to other cultures is also very evident. On the song I'm going to play, they collaborate with an artist known as Kenan, who put out a record called Troubadour earlier in the year. He's a Somali rapper. And uh, he collaborates with Amadou and Miriam on this song called Africa from Welcome to Mali on Sound Opinions. Amadou. Rocking. Oh, 
mes amis, on ne choisit pas son destin. Les jours se ressemblent, mais ne sont pas les mêmes. Les lois de la mer ne sont pas tous égaux. Dans ce monde, on est complémentaire. That is Africa from Amadou and Miriam, one of my favorite records of the year. Welcome to Mali. Jim, what do you got next for us? Greg, I want to talk about another artist who may be overlooked because she's been around for a while, although I think her new album, I Feel Cream, is uh, probably the finest recording she's given us. I'm talking about Toronto-born, Berlin-based musician and performance artist Meryl Nisker. We've talked about her on the show in the past. Uh, She comes out of that electro-clash underground, this kind of punk approach toward making electronic dance music that is very in-your-face and aggressive and lo-fi, and uh, in her case, carrying a very explicit edge in the lyrics, challenging sexual mores and gender roles. It's something we've seen go into the mainstream, her influence, with people like Madonna and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears name-dropping her and calling her to work with them. She said no to all of them, but she has worked with Pink and Iggy Pop and Joan Jett. Never thought when we first talked about Teaches of Peaches, her 2000 debut, that we would see a day when she was in that company. In the midst of all this, lest her act be taken for granted, she made, I think, her most subtly nuanced album ever as she hit age 40, I Feel Cream, which is a lot about how you can grow older and still stay sexual and stay cool, basically. Mm. She's not afraid to tackle the last of the great taboos, which is we all get old and, and, and we still have a life. How do we go about living it? I think it's a brilliant thing. Also, she's singing more than she ever has. You know, this Peaches is a character she's invented, and it was kind of a harsh rapping kind of sound on a lot of the earlier recordings. 
Who knew that Meryl Nisker actually was a very good vocalist? The Madonna in her is coming out on this record, which is a little more dance-oriented, as she's working with some fine producers, Simeon Mobile Disco, chief among them, but also Drums of Death and Digitalism. It's the most listenable Peaches record ever. There's still plenty of naughtiness, but it's it's a much more mature offering from Peaches as she hits age 40. I'm going to play a song called Mommy Complex, which is about the whole maternal experience from Peaches from the I Feel Cream album on sound opinions hush now baby don't you stress i'm gonna feel your mommy complex hush now baby don't you stress i'm gonna feel your mommy complex Mommy Complex from Peaches on Sound Opinions, one of Jim DeRogatis' favorite records of the year so far. Here's another one from me, one of my big contenders for favorite album of the year so far. Uh, This record, along with uh, St. Vincent's Actor, primary contenders for my favorite records. I'm not going to play any of the St. Vincent record because we just had her on the show last week, but I am going to play Nico Case from Middle Cyclone. I think earlier in her career, Nico Case was justly celebrated as a great singer, but I think the key to her development as an artist has been her songwriting and producing, and each record has been better than the last. I think she peaks with Middle Cyclone, a great record that talks about the way nature informs human life and uh, vice versa. Love can kill you, and nature can too, Uh, and when she sings about carnivores in this song that I'm going to play, I think it reflects upon relationships that humans have as well. It's a song called People Got a Lot of Nerve from Nico Case on Sound Opinions.
People Got a Lot of Nerve by Nico Case, Mr. Cott's uh, pick for one of the contenders of Album of the Year. Greg, I noted earlier I've got a list of 27 great records in contention at the mid-year point. They all received three and a half stars or more on the Sun-Times scale. I got two four-star albums, instant masterpieces. Nico Case is one of them. The other is this next one I'm going to talk about, Animal Collective's Merryweather Post Pavilion, their ninth studio album. Ridiculous. It's taken this band (laughs) a very long time to really get it right, but when they did, wow, this is an amazing record. These Baltimore to Brooklyn transplants are kind of the epitome of indie uber-hipness these days. There's a little bit of the jam band consciousness in them, a lot of the electronic cutting and pasting. They've all got these fanciful, sort of psychedelic, whimsical names. There's always been a sort of preciousness and a sloppiness live. There's moments of greatness, but then they get off on this kind of jamming thing that doesn't quite work. They finally focused on the songcraft, I think, when they were making Merriweather Post Pavilion, and and they got it right. It's very Beach Boys pet sounds. It's all the elements that were there earlier suddenly coming into focus and being put to use on songs that have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and great bridges, and a wonderful message, which is, uh, you know, basically a, a hippie one. I don't want to care about material things. I want to care about love. And I just think that's the perfect summer record. It was the perfect summer record when it came out in January, and now that summer's actually here, I'm loving it more than ever. I'm going to play a song called My Girl. Girls by Animal Collective on Sound Opinions.
That's My Girls from Animal Collective, Meriwether Post Pavilion. I agree with you, Jim. That is one of the best albums of the mid-year point so far. Uh, to tell us about your favorite albums so far this year, or to share any of your critical opinions, give us a call at 888-859-1800, or send us an email at interact at soundopinions.org. We're going to be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media, with reviews of new albums from electronic pop artist Moby and rock veterans Cheap Trip. Support for Sound Opinions is provided by founding sponsor Alltech Lansing and their new Octave Air speaker system, a wireless 80-watt wall of sound for your iPod. Details available at alltechlansing.com. Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. That is a song called Shot in the Back of the Head by Moby from his new album, Wait For Me. Greg, kind of interesting that he chose that as the video for this new record and chose David Lynch to direct it because uh, Moby has said the entire album was inspired by a talk he heard David Lynch give at a film conference about Lynch's way of working and his aesthetic. Moby first broke into the public consciousness in 1992 with a song called Go that built on uh, Angelo Badalamente's Laura Palmer's theme from Twin Peaks. So so Lynch has kind of been the guiding force for Moby throughout his whole career Mm -hmm. and now he's taken him back to to an interesting place on Wait For Me. Moby has spent much of the last decade trying to follow up the phenomenal success of Play, which sold 10 million copies worldwide in 1999. He has seemed a little bit lost ever since, although he's been doing good work. He's said in recent interviews that sometimes he put out these records where he was singing a lot at the behest of the record company, not really feeling like Moby because he knows he can't really sing. Mm -hmm. So uh, what is he giving us this time? Record's called Wait For Me. We're going to play a track called Study War by Moby on Sound Opinions. Finally, brother, and after a while, 
the battle will be over. For that day when we shall lay down our burdens and study war no more. Finally, brethren, after a while, the battle will be over. For that day when we shall lay down our burdens and study war no more. Study War from the new Moby album called Wait For Me. Jim, you referenced the uh, 2008 record that he put out last night, a, a, a disco record. I hear this is part two of that. When the lights go down, you know, the disco ball shuts down, and all those people on the dance floor are having this great time as they did on that 2008 record, Go Home. Where do they go and what happens to them, you know? Yeah. This is the chill-out record. This is that record that you put on when you get home at 4 in the morning and it's not quite dawn yet, and, and you're a little alone. You're kind of fragile and a little broken down at that point, you know, the come down. It's a mood record. It's, it's meant to sustain that particular feeling, that particular mood throughout. And if I had a quibble with it, I think it may be just a little bit too long. I think it could have stood a little pruning. But I like what he's done here. You mentioned the fact that he's not the greatest vocalist. Well, what he's done here is he's turned the vocals over to largely yeah. anonymous singers, and it's beautiful. And he's made a lot of this music at his home, on homemade equipment, 
kind of this cheap second-rate stuff, and it sounds very insular, very claustrophobic, very much a, a bedroom record in a beautiful way. In a lot of ways, he's returned to those indie roots of the late 80s and early 90s. When I met this guy, he wasn't making much more than $10,000 a year and yeah. making bedroom records and, and becoming a star uh, almost in spite of that. And now he's back to that, and I think he feels really comfortable in that space. Um, this is a beautiful record, albeit a bit sad in parts. But on the Buy It, Burn It, Trash It scale, I have to give it a buy it. Absolutely a buy it, Greg. I think this is the album people have been waiting for ever since play. He connects with that kind of melancholy that he had on that record that comes either from the samples, exceedingly well-chosen ones. I love that bluesy chant in that song, Study War, or or those vocalists, you know, Leela James, probably the only one with a real name. She she has a kind of a neo soul following. The others are are were his neighbors apparently mm-hmm. in, in in Battery Park. It's a brilliant record and it's got a vibe all of its own. If it had come out in January, it would have been on my best of mid year list. Now you just have to wait until we do it in uh, December. Trick with a new song called Miss Tomorrow from a new album called The Latest. Cheap Trick, band out of Rockford, Illinois, not exactly a hotbed of rock and roll, came out in the mid-70s. And if a lot of people have heard about Cheap Trick for only one thing, it may be the song I Want You to Want Me from that uh, Budokan live album that sold a bazillion copies in the late 70s and early 80s. It sort of skewed the history of this band as sort of a fun pop band. If that's all you know about Cheap Trick, you really need to go back and check out those first four or five studio albums. They are absolutely amazing. Great pop songs with a heavy edge and enough attitude to allow Cheap Trick to fit in very comfortably in the punk era when these records first came out. And yet, hearkening back to some serious classic rock influences, the Beatles, the Jeff Beck group, etc., Robin Zander belongs on the short list of great rock vocalists. But they had a tough time in the 80s and early 90s. The MTV era was not kind to Cheap Trick. They started bringing in some outside songwriters. They started compromising some of their music and got written off by a lot of the hipsters. I think they started making a turnaround around 1997 when they put out a self-titled album called Cheap Trick and really reinvented themselves in the mold of that early 70s band out of Rockford. Ever since then, I think they've been making fairly good records in the mold of those earlier records. In other words, the songwriting has become in-house again. Rick Nielsen is now supplying the bulk of the melodies. Xander's once again at the top of his game on vocals. And now we have the new record called The Latest. We're going to review it in a minute, but let's play a song from it first. It's called Sick Man of Europe from Cheap Trick on Sound Opinions.
That is Sick Man of Europe by Cheap Trick on Sound Opinions from their new album, tongue-in-cheek titled The Latest. Here it is, more product from Cheap Trick. Indy now coming at you from Cheap Trick Unlimited. Mm -hmm. That song barely cracks two minutes. It's a pop-punk anthem, and these guys who are ages 56 and up, I believe, Mm -hmm. are playing with a ferocity that Green Day would have trouble matching today, much less anybody else. It's encouraging. You know, they are still one of the hardest-working bands in show business. They gig anywhere, anytime. State fairs, hipster rock clubs, they'll take any gig, they'll play, they give their all, and then for vacation, you know, drummer Bunny Carlos goes and plays with tinted windows, right? You know, you have to admire that kind Kind of you know journeyman workmanship you know they just are there to deliver the rock you wouldn't expect that they would really still have the goods in the studio but as you've said that they've been reconnecting with their muse on these last couple of uh, recordings really turning out great stuff that there's some that that goes back you know they made two albums with george martin in that kind of beatlesque fashion and in september they're going to play all of sergeant peppers in vegas mm-hmm. and do a vegas stand they were considered by many the american beatles you hear some of that in in these power ballads that are are really lushly orchestrated but aren't bombastic and then there's this other side of the flat rockers. This is definitely on the Buy It, Burn It, Trash It scale, a Buy It record from Jeep Trick. Yeah, it's a really encouraging trend. Uh, The fact that Nielsen is back writing the bulk of the band's material again, the fact that they are on an indie and they don't have to listen to some corporation tell them how to make their music anymore, I think has worked wonders for their art. As you said, they're sort of hearkening back to that psychedelic pop era in these ballads. There's an edge to the rockers like Sick Man of Europe that is really encouraging. They're covering Slade when the lights are out. You know, they're taking risks again. I mean, the album opens with this amazing acapella passage from Xander, you know, which makes the case again that this guy is a phenomenal vocalist. Any band with Bunny Carlos in it as the drummer is going to sound good. Thank you, know? you very much. Thank you. Maybe people will believe it more because it came from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, buy it record all the way. Cheap Trick is back. What do we have on the show next week, Mr. Pat? Next week, Jim, we are going to take a look at uh, one of the great albums of all time on its 25th anniversary, Prince's Purple Rain. As always, Greg's Sound Opinions was produced by our ace team of Todd Bachman, Jason Saldana, and Robin Lynn. And our executive producer, our fearless leader, is Tori Southside Malatia, a man who was in the front row at Budokan. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. Hi, Jim. Greg. This is Nicho of Chicago and calling from Taiwan, where I enjoy listening to the podcast every week. I'm calling to lament your lack of coverage of international music, particularly non-English popular rock music. Once in a while, you have something in German, Spanish, or French, but it's still very little. 
There are phenomenal musicians all around the world and a lot of innovation, not only in underground and independent music scenes, but also in mainstream popular music. I would love to see you survey some trends in different parts of the world and pick out some recommendations for us, your English-speaking audience. Thanks a lot. This is uh, Kathy in Colorado. I just uh, really appreciated your driving show. You hit on some of my favorite drive-in music, but the one song that you didn't list, which I find is perfect first thing when you set out on a road trip, last thing at night when you're pulling into your motel, or even better, getting back home, is Car by Built to Spill. You get the car, I'll get the night off. You'll get the chance to take the world apart and figure out how it works. Uh, I drive a lot on the old Lincoln Highway, that section that's now Interstate 80, <laughs> going from uh, Wyoming to Nevada. And it's, it's just perfect with those just miles and miles of just really some of the most interesting alien-type scenery <laughs> in the world. Anyway, thank you so much for doing the show. Bye-bye. I want to see it when you find out what common stars and moons are all about. I want to see their faces turn to backs ahead and slowly get smaller. Hi guys, this is Josh from Peru, Indiana, or Muncie, Indiana. I used to live in Peru, and that's I was calling about your driving songs podcast. And I used to love coming home from baseball practice in high school. I'm fairly young, listening to "Staying Alive" by Cursive off of the Ugly Organ because Peru is kind of this uh, really awful, just small town, and I used to drive through the country like 20 miles an hour and just listen to that song. Just thought I would share it with everyone. Jim and Greg, this is uh, Taylor in Richmond, Virginia. I listen to you on WRIR. Uh, I'm calling about the topic from two weeks back of uh, best driving songs. Uh, Greg, you had for one of your picks uh, Queens of the Stone Age song specifically for desert driving. Uh, it seemed like you were talking specifically about the burned out, sun drenched aspect of the desert that lends itself to sludgy stoner rock, but there are two sides to the desert. And in the Sonoran Desert, where I'm from, uh, starting in late July, we get these monsoons, which are like a primeval apocalyptic series of pitch black clouds that roll in over the mountains every day at about 3 p.m. and unleash just torrents of huge rain while the rest of the sky is uh, still totally sunny and blue. Uh, in my experience, the absolute best album to be listening to while driving through this epic atmosphere is Modest Mouse's The Lonesome Crowded West, specifically the song Cowboy Dan. And when you hear the ominous kind of wet-sounding guitar lead creep in and see the black and blue boulders of the clouds rolling towards you filled with lightning, it's one of the most sublime experiences you can ever have. Uh, thanks again. Uh, it was a great show. I look forward to more. All right, bye.
more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home at auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.